Blue Shirts fans to episode number 164 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is Friends from Pacifier. Pacifier has been cool enough to let us use a couple of their tunes in the intro for this podcast. We're going to switch back to leave the lights on for next week as we gear up for Stanley Cup playoff action. But that is the newest song from Pacifier called Friends, and you can find it anywhere that you listen to music. And today, I figure we'll start by talking about the latest news from Ranger practice. They practiced earlier today, this morning, and we can also get into a debate about whether the NHL could or should use fake crowd noise for the Stanley Cup playoff games. But like I said, we're going to start with Ranger practice here. They worked quite a bit on special teams today. The top power play unit consisted of Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Ryan Strom, and Tony D'Angelo. The second power play unit was made up of Capo Caco, Pavel Buchnevich, Philip Hedl, Jacob Truba, and Adam Fox. And that sounds about right to me. I do like the fact that we get our Temi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad at least getting to be out there on the ice together for power plays. You know, it's we've talked quite a bit about how splitting the two of them up was tremendously beneficial to this team, and it allows multiple Ranger forwards to get the chance to play with either Panarin or Zibanejad. I've really enjoyed that all season. That was a switch they made relatively early in the season and never really looked back. Mika Zibanejad playing on the top line, Artemi Panarin playing on the second line, and I fully expect that to continue in the playoffs, but it is cool that at least Panarin and Zibanejad get to be out there on the power play at the same time and kind of work their magic there. And then on the second power play unit, once again, Kako, Buchnevich, Hedl, Truba, and Fox. And, you know, I know the other day during practice, they gave Brett Howden a little bit of a look on the second power play unit. And that's cool and everything, but I like the unit that they went with today. I like that combination of players. I'm not going to take any one of those guys off of the power play to make room for Brett Howden. Nothing against Howden. I just like those five guys better. It also sounds like, you know, just going by what I saw on social media and some videos that were posted, it looks like the penalty kill for the Rangers had the edge over the power play in practice today. And again, I'm not physically at these practices, but yeah, it sounds like there were a lot of rink-wide clears. And it also sounds like Jesper Foss was a big-time standout on the penalty kill. He was just a total pest. No surprise there. That's obviously good to hear. And I don't know this for sure, but I would think it would at least make some sense that the Ranger penalty kill would have the advantage over the power play during these inner squad scrimmages. And that's not limited to the Rangers. I think that's probably true of just about any team in the NHL. Just because these players are all in on the team meetings and they're there when the coaches are diagramming plays on the power play, they know the general philosophy and what the power play unit is looking to do. Not to mention, they're up against their teammates. So they see them all the time. They know them on a personal level and they certainly have an idea of what they're looking to do on the power play. Just a thought there, but to me, it just stands to reason that during scrimmages, a team's penalty kill would just have a little bit of an edge over the power play unit. And I wouldn't worry too much about the Ranger power play having an off day either. After all, if the power play had scored a bunch of goals, then we'd all probably be worried about the penalty kill unit instead. And really, it's kind of hard for both units to have a great day on the same day when they're playing against each other. If one group excels and the other group probably didn't look that good. So again, I wouldn't worry too much about the Ranger power play. It's something we will keep an eye on going forward, however. And speaking of the penalty kill, I'm going to go ahead and give you the combinations that the Rangers were working with trying to shut down the Ranger power play today. For the forwards, you had Mika Zibanejad working with Jesper Foss. You had Ryan Strom out there with Brett Howden. And you had Greg McKaig pairing up with Philip DiGiuseppe. And then for the defense pairings, this is a little different than what we've been seeing from the Rangers overall, you know, at least at even strength. You actually had Ryan Lindgren out there with Mark Stahl. You have Brennan Smith with Jacob Truba, so that one's the same. And you had Liber Hayek with Adam Fox. So no Tony D'Angelo. 
I don't really think that any of this means that a change is imminent. D'Angelo not likely to play on the penalty kill anyway, and it's probably good to get Hayek some work because if there's any adjustment to the lineup, if any of these Ranger defensemen are sat down either due to injury or illness or just poor performance overall, then it's at least possible Liber Hayek could see some time out there on the penalty kill. So definitely good to get him some work uh, out there with Adam Fox on the PK. But the main four defensemen on the penalty kill for the Rangers all season have been Ryan Lindgren, Mark Stahl, Brennan Smith, and Jacob Truba. And so I don't see the Rangers going against that trend here in the playoffs either. It's another day, so we've got another update on the Ranger goaltending situation. Igor Shesterkin continued to get his own net today for the Rangers during practice, while Henrik Lundqvist and Alex Georgiev split time in the other net. This is the second straight day at practice where that has been the case, where Igor Shesterkin has his own net and the other two split time in the second net. And after practice today, uh, David Quinn mentioned that, in fact, a direct quote here, we're not going to name a starting goaltender until the day of or the day before we play. So yeah, the Rangers definitely going to make the Canes wait until the zero hour, and really, why not? I mean, there's really no incentive to let the Canes know which of these three goalies they should be preparing for before then. And as we mentioned yesterday, the Hurricanes themselves, they have not named a starting goalie either. They could go with Peter Mrazek or James Reamer. I think it's going to end up being Mrazek. He's the guy that mostly got them to the Eastern Conference Finals last season, and I think just has the overall better track record between the two goalies. But again, if you're the Rangers, there's really no reason to tip your hand here. Just let them keep guessing and, you know, make it known in your own locker room who the starting goalie is going to be. Certainly let these goalies know before the day of the game, and he very well might have already done that. But be that as it may, it sounds like David Quinn not going to let the rest of us in on the fun just yet, not going to name a starting goalie, going to let us wonder just like he's going to let the Carolina Hurricanes wonder. It sounds like until right the day before the series starts or even the day of the series starts against Carolina. Quinn downplayed the idea that, you know, Igor Shesterkin getting his own net was overly significant. It's not a sign that he's definitely going to be the starting goalie for game one. Although, when you look at the Rangers' track record during the regular season, it sounds like between the three goalies, when one of them had their own net during practice, he usually ended up being the starting goalie for the next game. So, make of that what you will. But again, all signs really do seem to point to the fact that Igor Shesterkin is going to be the starting goalie for Game 1 in the playoffs. The extras that skated with Group 1 today for the Rangers in practice were Vitali Kravtsov, Ke'Andre Miller, and Liber Hayek. And we all know Ke'Andre Miller obviously not eligible to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, but he's still gaining invaluable experience being around this team that's gearing up for a run in the postseason and just getting to meet his coaches as well as his teammates and getting used to the speed of the game at the NHL level. I know there's no substitute for actual NHL games, but he's still out there competing against professionals. And again, guys who are gearing up for a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's not like they're taking it easy out there. And from what I've heard, you know, Ke'Andre Miller has performed fairly well during these practices. Liber Hayek, we've talked about him a little bit in recent episodes. It certainly sounds like he is going to be the Rangers' seventh defenseman. So if anybody, once again, gets hurt, uh, doesn't play well, falls ill due to coronavirus or anything else, for any reason, if they're not in the lineup, it sounds like the Rangers would turn to Liber Hayek next. And good to hear also that he got some run with the Rangers' penalty-killing units today. And, you know, he hasn't played in a game since early January for the Rangers, but it sounds like they would indeed turn to him if a change is necessary at the blue line. But the guy that all Ranger fans want me to talk about, I'm sure, is Vitali Kravtsov. Again, a really high draft pick for the Rangers back in 2018, and this was his first season with the Hartford Wolfpack. Again, underwhelming numbers, just the six goals and the nine assists, but obviously there's long-term upside there, there's potential there, and it's at least possible, possible, that Vitali Kravtsov finds his way into one of these Stanley Cup playoff games, but I really don't see it. Uh, 
to begin with, again, a little bit of an underwhelming season with the Hartford Wolfpack. So I'm not even sure if they bring in kind of a surprise forward for one of these playoff games, I'm not even sure he would get the first look. I would imagine it would be Vinny Letary, who has a little bit of experience with the Rangers in the NHL, and frankly, just played a lot better hockey than Vitali Kravtsov did this season. The only way you see Kravtsov is that the Rangers really, really want to roll the dice and really kind of fall into a little bit of a scoring rut, and they just take a chance. They just they just throw him out there and say, hey, kid, do what you can do. I don't really see a lot of point in making Vitali Kravtsov active to then only play him on the fourth line and only give him about seven minutes of ice time per night. That sounds a little bit like the Leas Anderson situation all over again, and I don't think we want to go down that road yet again. But yeah, I mean, it's at least possible, you know, if especially if there's some injuries, if there's some illness, uh, maybe Vitali Kravtsov, uh, a true dark horse to see the ice for the Rangers in these playoffs. But it's not unprecedented. You know, we saw Chris Kreider make his debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs many, many years ago. It's at least possible, but again, anyone... Uh, you know, looking for Vitali Krasov to jump onto the ice and be one of the biggest scoring threats for the Rangers in this playoff series against the Hurricanes and beyond, I wouldn't get my hopes up uh, that high just yet. I Again, I think he's certainly a dark horse to dress for these playoff games. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Something else that I also wanted to talk about today is the debate on whether fake crowd noise can be used, whether it should be used for these Stanley Cup playoff games. MLB has been using it. If you've watched any of these recent, uh, whatever you want to call it, spring training 2.0 exhibition games, whatever name you can come up with for it, MLB has used fake crowd noise, and it sounds like MLB players fairly overwhelmingly preferred crowd noise to be in the stadiums, even if it is fake. They're used to hearing it. It gets them fired up. Whatever the reasons might be, it's looking like each and every MLB stadium is going to have the fake crowd noise this season, and that's cool. I think it's good that they left it up to the players to decide, but will the NHL follow suit? And to date, I have not heard anything definitive one way or another, but I think it's a situation where, just like MLB, you should probably leave it up to these players, and I think probably the players would vote in favor of it. I don't know that for sure, but think about a typical Stanley Cup playoff game. It's just crazy. You know, the fans are making noise from start to finish. Every time the puck drops, there's going crazy. There's an audible buzz in the arena, and obviously the place comes unglued whenever the home team scores a goal. So I think it's a good idea to try to manufacture some crowd noise for these players to feed off of. I know it's a little bit different. I mean, you still look out into the arena. All the seats are still empty. There's nobody there. But these players are used to feeding off of that energy from the hometown crowds. And so, yeah, I mean, I see no reason not to uh, pump in some artificial noise and try to give them an environment that they're somewhat used to playing in. And it's a little bit different with baseball. I'm kind of going to compare the two sports here. 
As it pertains to using artificial crowd noise, obviously MLB starts tonight. We got a couple of games on the slate, but I do think hockey, maybe more so than any other sport, will suffer from not having fans there, not having those spontaneous live reactions from these passionate hockey fans, because you look at a sport like baseball and there's crowd noise, you know, when, when everything's normal, everything pre-2020. We're going to go back to there for just a second. Because in baseball, with the crowd noise, there's kind of a rise and fall effect by the very nature of the game. Because with baseball, there is some downtime between batters, even between pitches. And the crowd noise might fluctuate based on what the score is, uh, how many players are on base. If there's two strikes and your team's in the field, you know, you're rooting for strike three and you're getting louder. Um, that's less true in hockey. Stanley Cup playoff hockey games, the volume of the crowd never really goes down that much. I mean, maybe it gets a little quiet if the home team is down four to nothing, but even then, you know, there's still that buzz in the arena. It's probably also helped by the very uh, design of hockey arenas. You know, they're obviously not as big as baseball stadiums, and they've all got a roof over them, so you just get this awesome, basically, wall of sound the entire game. The noise never stops. As soon as the puck drops, there is an audible buzz throughout the building, and the place just erupts with every big hit. Obviously, with every goal, every scoring opportunity, you know, you hear those oohs and the ahs from the fans. Even a close offside call or icing call, there's going to be significant crowd noise in the playoffs. And hockey fans just create a very loud, very electric environment. Picture in your head right now a typical Stanley Cup playoff game, okay? You can't do it without thinking about the fans and without thinking about the energy that they create, that electricity that's in the building. Now, try to picture a Stanley Cup playoff game without any fans. Kind of weird, right? Something is definitely missing, and something will definitely be missing when the puck drops for these Stanley Cup playoff games, and you don't have 20,000 screaming, maniacal hockey fans packed to the rafters. And look, I'm not trying to say that they should let fans into the arenas in the middle of a global pandemic. Don't get me wrong here. The NHL and these other leagues, they are 100% in the right by not having fans in attendance in these stadiums and in these arenas. But from a hockey perspective, facts are facts. There aren't going to be any fans, and these games are going to have a different feel to them. So it comes back to the question, should the NHL use fake crowd noise? And again, I think they should kind of do what MLB has been doing, and you let it up to the players. Uh, one downside to having fake crowd noise, again, is you don't really get that spontaneous reaction to things that you get from real, actual fans who are there in the flesh. For example, the fake crowd noise isn't going to suddenly get louder if there's a big hit, or they're not going to start booing the refs if there's a penalty called against their team. If you have fake crowd noise, then it doesn't seem like it's all that likely that the crowd noise is going to get louder or quieter based on what's happening in the game. At least not to the degree that it would if there were real actual fans there. But I still do think for the Stanley Cup playoffs that it's better to have fake crowd noise than no noise whatsoever because it at least partially simulates having fans in the stands and it kind of puts these players into an environment that they're used to playing in. But actually, I must say, I do think the fake crowd noise might work a little bit better for baseball than it will for hockey because in baseball, I don't know if anyone's watched any of these exhibition games that have been on TV recently, but you know, the game moves gradually enough that the sound guy can sort of make the crowd noise rise or fall depending on what happens in the game. It's funny, I was watching just a random spring training game, spring training 2.0 game, whatever you want to call it, the other day, and the home team was down like 10 to 1 in the bottom of the ninth inning, and there's a two-out single with nobody on base, and all of a sudden the crowd noise 
rises, and obviously it's the sound guy doing that, and he's just reacting to what he sees in the game. But it's funny because in reality, if that happened in a real game with real fans in the stands, those home fans probably aren't going to make too much noise. You'd get like a polite clap, basically, because your team's down by nine runs and down to the final out. But just interesting to see how MLB use it. We'll see if NHL can kind of replicate that. If you know, if you have a sound guy who's got his finger on the trigger and there's a, a giant hit at center ice from what's supposed to be the home team, then maybe he can really quickly, you know, get the crowd noise to rise. He can just kind of push a button and get the roar of the crowd that we're used to hearing in a situation like that. Same thing if a goal is scored. It'll just be interesting to see if the NHL, if the sound guys are able to make that happen and just kind of create as authentic of an environment in these arenas as we're used to having for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Again, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be an exact replica of the environment that is typically present in a Stanley Cup playoff game, but hopefully we can make it as authentic as possible. The other question that I have is, is there any way to tailor the fake crowd noise toward the team that is supposed to be the home team? You take Rangers Hurricanes, for example. The Hurricanes are obviously the better-seeded team, and so they are the quote-unquote home team for games one, two, and five of this series. The Rangers would be the home team in games three and four. So is there a way to have crowd noise that's rooting for one team or the other? I'm really not sure if there's a way to do that, but it's an interesting thought. You know, obviously in games one, two, and five, the crowd would cheer if the Hurricanes score a goal, games three and four, they would cheer if the Rangers score a goal. Do we get some Let's Go Rangers chants in there? Can we play the Rangers goal song if they score a goal? It's a lot to consider. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a top, top priority for the NHL, but I think it's good to try to make the Stanley Cup playoff games feel as authentic as possible. Again, I know we're living in some challenging times, and obviously, you know, fake crowd noise may not be that high on the NHL's list of priorities. I would imagine that's probably reserved for player safety and just trying to get through this tournament without any, you know, significantly bad incident. But yeah, give me a Stanley Cup playoff experience that is as close to the real thing as humanly possible. Some other breaking news as far as the NHL is concerned is that the Seattle franchise, the forthcoming Seattle hockey team, finally has a team name. They will go by the Seattle Kraken. I like it. I think it's kind of a cool name. Uh, it does remind me, though, a while back we had YouTuber Five Points Vids on this podcast to talk a little bit about some of his hockey videos. He really does a great job. He covers every sport. Uh, his videos are fantastic. They're often very, very funny as well. And uh, personally, I liked his team name better because, you know, it became such kind of a running joke that the Seattle hockey team will not pick a team name, and it just kind of got to the point where, you know, they seemed to think it was holding us in more suspense than it actually was. But the name that Five Points Vids came up with for the new Seattle team is the Rain City Bitch Pigeons, and I like that one better. I mean, maybe I'm biased because I know that, you know, Five Points Vids joined us on the show here and talked some Ranger hockey. He's a big Ranger fan, and I'm obviously a big fan of his work as well. But yeah, points for creativity there. That's that's definitely thinking outside the box a little bit. But yeah, no, the the Kraken, it's, it's a great name. It's it's. I saw somebody on Twitter mention the fact that it might be the best singular team name that we've ever come up with. Because a lot of these singular team names, whether it's the Stanford Cardinal or... Actually, the Colorado Avalanche is kind of a good one. I do like that one. But there's been some other examples over the years of these teams that, you know, they come up with these singular team names and they just aren't very good. You know, the Utah Jazz, the Orlando Magic, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, make it plural. There's there's multiple players on your team, so make it a plural name. There was one, actually, I don't know if anyone listening to this is in Connecticut, and this might be before the time of, you know, certain hockey fans, but there used to be a minor league hockey team here in Connecticut called the Beast of New Haven, and that's, that is about as bad as it gets. So I think, you know, 
as far as singular team names are concerned, this is kind of a cool one, the Seattle Kraken. And the logo looks pretty cool as well. So yeah, I give them I give them a solid A minus for this effort here. Although I will say the logo is kind of weird. I mean, you look at it and obviously it's a giant S, you know, for Seattle. But then right in the middle of the S, you've got, you know, kind of this black long strip and it looks like it's one of the tentacles for the Kraken. But then like under the top part of the S, there's also a red eye. So I can't really tell what I'm looking at here. Maybe you guys can clue me in. Maybe I'm just not seeing it right. I do think it's a pretty sharp logo. And, uh, you know, again, a solid effort going with Kraken as the team nickname. The other piece of Ranger news is that they will have one final practice tomorrow before they head to the Hub City in Toronto. That practice is slated for noon Eastern time, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers continue to work on the power play a little bit. Again, I don't want to oversell their struggles on the power play earlier today. I think it's just one of those cases where the power play and the penalty kill can't both have a great practice at the same time. It'd be kind of hard for that to happen because either the power play is scoring a lot of goals and the penalty kill is giving them up or the penalty kill is on point and the power play is not scoring any goals. It's kind of hard to kind of find that happy medium. But yeah, it would not surprise me at all to see the Rangers again work on the man advantage a little bit more tomorrow. And obviously, fingers crossed, maybe since the penalty kill had a nice day today, maybe we root a little bit for the power play tomorrow and both these units can feel good these last couple of practices here before they head to Toronto. Also, baseball is back, and I know this is a hockey podcast, and we're all Ranger fans, but I got to imagine there's some Yankee fans, some Met fans listening to this as well. We've got Yankees versus Nationals tonight, Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer, and the first pitch is scheduled for 7.08 Eastern time. And even if you're not the biggest baseball fan, I mean, I love baseball. To me, hockey and baseball, clearly my two favorite sports, and you can't even make a case for any other sport out there over either hockey or baseball, but... You know, 2020 has been a tough year. We've been without live sports for a really long time. I know we've gotten uh, some exhibition baseball games. We've gotten to see the Rangers scrimmaging against themselves in practices. So there's been little taste of sports here and there. But this tonight is going to be the first game that counts of any of the four major sports in this country since the pandemic happened. And I think you just owe it to yourself to relax. And again, you might be conflicted. I am as well. Uh that this is even happening, that baseball is happening, that hockey is happening, that basketball is going to happen, that football is eventually going to be back as well. You might think the safer, more prudent thing to do might be to keep these guys at home and just cancel all of these seasons, but they are going to push forward with it, and I think you probably owe it to yourself to just enjoy this a little bit. Again, you can be conflicted, but bottom line, baseball is baseball. The Stanley Cup playoffs are the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I fully intend to enjoy every second of all of them. And, you know, being a Yankee fan, I'm obviously very excited to get the season underway here tonight. Just going to be an absolute sprint to the finish line this season in MLB. But yeah, 2020 has been a very tough year, and it will be nice to have live sports back on TV. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago, probably even more than a month ago at this point now, but at the time, it looked like hockey, compared to all the other major sports, seemed like it was going to be the first sport back because there was a lot of back and forth between the MLB and the MLB Players Association. And, you know, the NBA was kind of spinning its wheels a little bit for a while there. Not going as bad as MLB, I don't think. But NHL seemed to be the one where the players, the owners, the commissioner, everybody involved with this game kind of got their ducks in a row uh, a little bit faster than the other sports did and kind of came to the conclusion that we want to see this season uh, reach its natural ending and we want to see a Stanley Cup champion be crowned. And... It just seemed like both sides in hockey, you know, the players and the owners, they were more amicable to each other than we saw in any of the other major sports. And so I was kind of hopeful that hockey was going to be the first sport back because I was thinking that, you know, if that's the first sport that comes back after all this insanity that's happened in the pandemic and everything else, then maybe more people would tune in to see hockey just because, hey, 
first sport back, first chance to watch live sports. So it is kind of a bummer that it will not be hockey. I think it's kind of a, I don't want to say a missed opportunity because it's not hockey's fault. And, you know, we're glad to have sports of any kind back at this point. But it is a little bit unfortunate because I think there was a, a real chance to bring some new fans to the game of hockey. But either way, hockey's going to come back and you just hope that people are in the mood for sports and more people will tune in and watch these Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, it's a great time to give a new sport a chance, I would say, because you're stuck at home anyway right now. There's a lot of people working from home and it's just an opportunity even during the day in the middle of the week. You're going to have these Stanley Cup playoff games on your TV. So, yeah, you know, great opportunity for hockey to really grow the sport, bring in some new fans here. But that's going to do it for today. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.